Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Mark Davis. Years ago, I saw a television show about Mark on the Disney Channel, and he quickly became my favorite artist, largely because of his contributions to the Disney attractions such as Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Jungle Cruise, It's a Small World, and The Country Bear Jamboree. In the creation phase of Disney attractions, and also to update existing attractions, Mark would draw scenes which were often very humorous. Before Mark was involved, there wasn't a lot of humor in Disneyland attractions. Mark would draw the scenes, and they would be translated into the three-dimensional scenes that appear in the final attractions. In that show on the Disney Channel, Mark talked about how only about two weeks before Walt Disney died, Walt visited him in his office and saw the concept drawings of the Country Bear Jamboree. And Walt just loved them, and he laughed. It was the last time that Mark ever saw Walt, and Mark even said that that was maybe the last laugh that Walt ever had. The Country Bear Jamboree show was largely developed by Mark and animator and storyman Albertino. Although it debuted at the Disney theme parks, it was originally being designed for a Disney ski resort called Mineral King, which after Walt Disney's death never came to fruition. Mark was also largely responsible for America Sings and designed the audio-animatronic characters for that show at Disneyland. While America Sings is long gone, many of those original audio-animatronics characters live on in Disneyland's Splash Mountain. Mark's two-dimensional drawings, such as those for America Sings or Pirates of the Caribbean, were real characters, so full of life and humor. But he could also take something like an elephant for the Jungle Cruise and make it look so realistic, but still give it just a little character to make it look like it's smiling. Mark's career with Disney started long before Disneyland. He began in 1935, and he worked on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and went on to not only animate, but to also design many characters, such as Cinderella, Bambi, Thumper, and Flower... Cruella de Vil and 101 Dalmatians, Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty, Alice and Alice in Wonderland, and he even designed Tinkerbell. After meeting Mark on the Disney Studios lot, we became friends, and I cherished the visits that we had. In the 1990s, Shaney and I were working on a book of photography for Disneyland, and their merchandise department had suggested we include the storylines of the attractions that would be pictured in the book, since everything in Disneyland had a storyline. So I thought, who better than Mark to help me with that? And we went to Mark's house to learn more. That's how this interview came to be. It wasn't intended to be heard by the public, and I was not yet doing interviews for Mouse Clubhouse. It was recorded in 1997 on an old tape recorder, and when I got home I discovered you could hear the screeching reels of the tape throughout the recording. It was so annoying, but my friend Don Dorsey has generously cleaned it up to the point where you can really hear Mark's stories much more clearly. An interesting note is that when I was trying to learn about the storylines of the attractions, Mark told me how Walt Disney felt about the storylines and attractions. Here's what he said. I think that uh, he agreed, and I certainly agree, that uh, this type of show is not a storytelling medium. Uh-huh. Going to a story, do a film, you know, and that was his attitude. So these things were, you know, putting together a lot of things. This as pirates, this as uh, jungles, you know, and so on, but to entertain the people that are coming through. So there I was at Mark's house, finding out there were no real storylines for attractions. But while my tape recorder was on, I just took advantage of the time to ask Mark about his fascinating career at Disney. While this isn't as comprehensive of an interview as I like to do, you'll learn why Mark created the iconic safari scene of the Jungle Cruise. It wasn't originally designed to be inside the attraction. And you'll hear how Tommy Walker, Disneyland's director of entertainment, fumbled up a practical joke on Walt Disney and the Jungle Cruise. 
As a bonus in this conversation, you'll hear Mark's wife, Alice, who is responsible for the original design of the costumes in attractions such as Pirates of the Caribbean, Carousel of Progress, Flight to the Moon, and It's a Small World. This conversation begins when Mark tells me about an odd meeting to discuss the concept of the proposed animated film based on the fable of Chanticleer and the Fox. Many years later, the Disney version of Chanticleer, with Mark's original artwork, was published in a book. But while Mark was quite disappointed about the termination of that project, it's what led to his start with WED, now known as Walt Disney Imagineering, and ultimately working on the Disneyland attractions. Despite really poor quality and squeaky tape reels, I hope you find this conversation from 1997 as much of a Disney treasure as I do. Here's part two of a conversation with Mark Davis. After 101 Dalmatians, I usually worked on something coming up. I got the idea that uh, it would be a great idea to do a film on Chanticleer. Oh, you gave us that book. Yeah. Last time we were here. So anyway, I worked on that, and, uh, and it was kind of a strange period of time. The business people studio got to Walt, and they said, Walt, these feature animated films take too long and cost too much. You've got to discontinue doing it. Oh, Imagine that. And uh, so anyway, I, I was pretty well along in the story thing, so I said, well, um, you've got to have a meeting on this. So I set it up. I had a room that was, oh, I would say, three times the size of this, this room. And so I put up the boards, and I had seats for everybody to sit, you know. So anyway, the meeting time came, and all these guys came in. They were all the uh, dark vested suit types, you know, neckties and mm-hmm. shiny shoes. Uh, anyway, they all came in. There all must have been 18 of them. And nobody sat down, they all stood up. So I told the story, or I was telling the story, and Walt came in. Now, Walt never was in a story meeting that he didn't dominate. He never said a word, he stood over or he was dressed kind of like I am now in a sweater and throated shirt. And he kind of hid down and so on. Well, uh, this went on for, oh, maybe half hour or so, and a voice in the back of this group that came in, looking at it, not sitting down, said, you can't make a personality out of a chicken. And it was like uh, this was a signal, and they all filed out. <laughs> and I looked over at Walt, and he kind of, Get down, and after all oh, three or four minutes, he walked out. And that was it. My God, what happened here? So, I don't know, it was a couple of days afterwards or so that uh, I went to Walt and Walt said, uh, Mark, I'd like to have you go down to Disneyland. And because uh, the I think I was already doing some work on the New York Post Fair. So I'd like to have you go down and, to Disneyland and look at the uh, uh, 
mine train ride. He said it, it needs something that needs help. So I went down and went through this, and it needed a lot of help. There were lots of things had that uh, were not entertaining. They had, for instance, like the train went around and there was a, one little fox, and it's kipped fox, and its head went up and down. That was all the animation. <laughs> then you went around maybe 125 feet farther on, there was another little fox, and its head went like this. I suggested that you take the two and you put them put to one another. One's going this way and the other one's going this way. And, uh, anyway, and then the cars that they had people getting into, uh, you got into these mine train cars, and there was a bench on this side and a bench on this side. You got in the ends, and each one of these would hold, bench would hold three people. So here you are, riding sideways, looking at a total stranger straight in the face, and, uh, and you couldn't see anything else out of there. And then this is the thing, I made a big thing out of this. And what was the light of it? Anyway, his head, he didn't see this immediately, because, oh, I guess maybe five weeks after he talked to me, and um, he said, oh, by the way, Mark, you ever get down to Disneyland's either? I said, oh, yeah. I said, I've done some boards. I what? And he said, God, I just spent $50,000 on that down there. Where are these boards? I said, in my office. He said, well, set them up in the uh, wet office uh, meeting. And we'll come over at 1.30 and look at them. This was like uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. So I did. I did them. And I began to describe all these things. And he stood up with me. He was delighted. And um, this was the first time I ever saw Admiral Fowler. And uh, a lot of these people I didn't know because they were, you know, they worked on Disneyland. And I had done one or two little things for the early Disneyland, but it was nothing. So he was delighted with all this stuff. And uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, especially at this thing of we don't ride that way. We're not interested in something that's out here. We're interested in what's coming ahead because what's coming ahead is what can kill you. It's not the thing that you're up to now and see it there, even though it's difficult to see. Well, he was delighted with this thing. And uh, as I say, here was Admiral Fowler who had to make all every kind of change that came up. He wasn't very happy with me. And oh, maybe a year, eight months later or something, he came by my office and, and he looked in. I was standing in the drawing board and he said, and what are you doing with your little pencil now? <laughs> I told him that the last time I saw him, he died shortly after, and he got a chuckle out of it. But uh, that was so funny. Just, what were you doing so you with really, your little pencil now? Was it a humorous writing before you worked on it? Oh, not really. There was no, no laughs in it. 
and uh, so I did I did a number of things for that whole area and then we redid the whole area and uh, um, I had some ideas that weren't so good I didn't realize later uh, there was a thing where they had these twirling rocks and things and that and I decided that would be great I'll make that an earthquake so rock the cars and they go by and so on. Well, after we had a couple of earthquakes here, we decided that would have been a dumb idea. You just scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think our job is to scare people. I think it's to entertain people. And this was what I attempted to do, was to entertain people with the things I, uh, you know, thought of for the attractions. And... Uh, so, anyway, I worked on that, and this was scratching beers, and, uh, oh, there was uh, beavers, the oh, beaver ponds and that. They had a beaver pond, but I, I put some entertainment in it. And, uh, but there were things of that sort. I'd take something of that sort, I'd say, with the scratching bears, and, uh, and, rabbits and things the way that they moved and how they how you happen to see them did you do the same thing with um kind of the same thing with jungle cruise where it wasn't very humorous at all and then you had it right when yeah. did when did you do well that, that was uh, one of the first things uh, one of the early things that wall had me look into and i uh i did all the the elephant on the elephant pool I redid the African Veld. You did the hunting safari bit where the the uh, jeep is upside down oh, and yeah. the girl is looking down the barrel again. Yeah, well, that, that was a little <laughs> bit later than the first time, but as I say, the first time was, as I say, the elephant pool and the uh, trap safari. Walt loved that. Yeah. And I had done that because Walt had asked me to take and look at all the attractions and find things I could do to spot around the outside of them when the train would see it. Mm -hmm. And this would be like, you know, an advertisement for what was in there. Yeah. And um, the Trap Safari was one that I did for that reason. He said, oh, no, that's too good. That's got to be in the ride. <laughs> so anyway, that was in the ride. But a uh, story you might enjoy. Uh, you know the name Tommy Walker. He was in charge of entertainment at the park. Well, yeah, and he also, he was the band leader for the uh, USC band. And also, when uh, uh, USC scored a touchdown, he would take off his band hat and put on a helmet and kick the extra points. <laughs> so anyway, he, he was an interesting character. So anyway, but Tommy, when I would go down to Disneyland and I would meet Walt or something, always be this crowd because everybody wanted to be noticed by Walt. And it was always Tommy Walker and my other. But as I say, you were always, if you were with Walt, then there was this gang of about, oh, 20 people or so, because they wanted to be noticed by Walt. And uh, when I did the elephant pool, I went down there and uh, uh, Walt 
and the guy that drove the boat and myself were in, in that. And this was uh, going through the uh, the elephant pool and all that. So anyway, Walt was seeing this for the first time. This was the elephant under the waterfall and all this stuff and the elephants squirting one another. And uh, I had one big elephant, really kind of a dumb idea because uh, it, uh, I should have realized it couldn't hold up too long. I had a huge elephant standing in the water and uh, pulling a branch on this big tree. Well, eventually, of course, the branch had to give up. <laughs> but this day, here amongst all these people that appeared, here was Tommy Walker with a white shirt, bow tie, elegant tweed the suit on, and he had a pair of rubber boots in the sky. And so he knew what he was going to do, you know. So they're all on the shore, all these people. And uh, so I'm in the boat with Walt, and we're going around there. And we get up to where, close to this elephant that's pulling the branch, and uh, Tommy Walker, uh, says, oh, Walt, uh, by the way, and he starts to point up, and he walked out, you know, uh, the elephants are standing, looks like, in about this much water. The only thing is that he didn't know that the elephant is standing on an iron frame in about this much water. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so he steps out with his rubber boots <laughs> and points up and totally disappears. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, in all the time I've known Walt Disney, I have never, ever seen him laugh like that. <laughs> he laughed. He, he laughed without stopping and tears running down his face for fully ten minutes. <laughs> fully ten minutes. And here was Tommy Walker. Elegant suit, everything was soaking wet. Real Anyway, oh God. I was asked to work on the New York World's Fair, and I worked on all four shows. Um, Alice designed all the costumes for It's a Small World, wow. all the children's costumes she did. Everyone. So went to the town, and who should walk in uh, but Walt Disney. And so he sat down and joined us, and Mark introduced me to him, and, and uh, he started asking what I did professionally before we were married and so on. And, and he said, someday I'll have a job for you. Wow. And uh, so... Um, Actually, before we were married, the first job I did, I made the costume for the live-action 
for uh, Briar Rose dancing Toby, out in the Toby Tyler. Forest. Toby Tyler. No, Toby Tyler was after we got oh, married. I did oh. Briar Rose before we got married. Oh. You actually designed it? No, I, I took. Uh, Mark told me what he wanted and how he wanted the skirt to work and so on. And so then I made the, the costume and then uh, Helene Stanley wore it and, and went through the different dance steps and whirling so you could yeah. see how the skirt and such worked. Wow. Yeah, then I was asked to do some costumes for Toby Tyler, which I did a few costumes on that. And then um, uh, I got a phone call. One day, uh, Walt asking, Walt's secretary asking me if I wanted to do the costumes for Small World. And I said, yes, indeed. <laughs> and she said, well, um, Mary Blair said she would like to have you do the costumes. So. Wow. And Mary Blair did what for? She did the sets and set all the color. Mark designed the overall show, and he designed the animation. This was done um, uh, for the United Nations, actually, um, and it was. Uh, and the front one of the sewing machine. It was uh, uh, sponsored by the United Nations, and then uh, the Pepsi Cola was the. Anyway, Sponsor for a small Sponsor yeah. for it. But anyway, it was an interesting thing to work on. But they actually, uh, did you come up with the different scenes yeah. and everything? Is that what yeah. you're pretty about? Much, yeah. I designed what most of the characters do. How did you choose which countries to represent? Well, we just tried to cover the world as well. Yeah, and I think the Koreans were very upset because we didn't have something on okay. them. And, you know, we had the Orient, you know, that was that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, we had some complaints along that, that line, but, you know, every country, there was no way you could put that much in there. Yeah. And uh, we tried to get areas, areas, areas. You know. The thing was that this was representing the children of the world and it was trying to do something to help the children of the world. And uh, we went down to the United Nations house and I, we were, you know, met uh, people that were very much, you know, concerned about uh, this and the children. And uh, they were quite delighted with what we did. So this was done for the World's Fair. Mm -hmm. And as I say, we went to the United Nations. Wow. Uh, you know, it was, it was fun and uh, nice. And they were very nice people. You went there for the purpose of showing them what you were working on? Not really. Just talking to them. Really? Like we're talking now. Well, this was a kind of a stupid idea. <laughs> there were a group of about five, six guys worked on an early version of the Haunted Mansion. And they tried to tell a story with it. And Walt would not accept telling a story. And so they had the story about this bride who was um, 
stood up at her wedding, you know, and so on and so on. I more than once that at all. And uh, this thing went on for four or five years. And the building was there. Uh, the building, which I never cared much for, but uh, to give you a little insight on Waltham and this, uh, was a design after some house in the eastern part of the United States. Marvin Davis uh, did that, the exterior that. And I, when I was put on it, I said, well, gee, shouldn't this be like Charles Adams or something? And Walt said, no. Mark, he said, uh, I feel everything on the outside of these buildings should look neat and clean. Like we take care of it. He said, inside you can do anything you want. When was it thought, we're not going to make it scary, it's going to be kind of funny? I mean, how did all that come to be? I think what I added when I started working for Disneyland or doing things for them was to do things that would be fun and entertainment and, uh, and be entertaining. And because uh, there was nothing funny far as I was concerned. Um, the early days of Disneyland, they had a contemporary house. It was like, you know, the World Fair type stuff. You know, here was a, the house of tomorrow. That kind of stuff. And um, that's why I think the first laugh that uh, Orion had was uh, that trap safari. Mm -hmm. in the jungle run, and uh, that was made to be funny. And I, I felt we were in the entertainment business. I still feel we are. Yeah. Walt asked me, because when we were working in the New York Square, he said, you know something I'd like to do? He said, I'd like to do a attraction on pirates. He says, you know, we're excavating under the uh, uh, New Orleans Square. He said, we could do a walkthrough down there. He said, give it some thought which I did, and I did a design for walking down there and so on, did a lot of drawings. I could never get Walt to uh, pause and look at them. So anyway, as this went on, uh, finally after the World's Fair, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to put a building outside of the berm, and that would hold our so we would still go down through New Orleans Square in, a, in our boat. And then where I had done the whole ride, I had to do some else. So that's where I put in all these skeleton ideas. This is uh, the captain's quarters. So um, I'm assuming that uh, he was made no effort to explain why. Oh, okay. okay. I had to fill space here okay. because the original the whole attraction was going to be down in this area. So when Walt came up with the idea of putting the um, uh, whole attraction in a big building outside of the berm, I had all this to fill up. So that's where I decided the skeleton things and to do these as kind of 
entertaining jokes or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then you go down kind of through this tunnel, and then you come out into this big area with the, um, the ship firing on the shore and so on, and then scene by scene by scene, and then finally around to where the place is burning up. When uh, I was working on the costumes, mm -hmm. um, they said, just make one costume. And I said, you should have two costumes for each figure, because if something should happen, you need something to fall back on. Well, that's okay. Just do one costume to till we get the show open, and then you can do the, the second set. And I said, well, it doesn't take that much longer to make two sets, because you can cut them out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you do steady in motion in this, it'd be much cheaper just to do all at once. Well, that's all right. We just want one. So I had to go to the bookkeeper every time I wanted fabric and tell him how many yards I needed of the fabric and how much it cost and fill out all these forms so I could get the material. So I thought, well, they don't know what, how much material it takes to make a pair of pants. So, mm -hmm. so I just went ahead and ordered material for two costumes and I made two costumes and I hid one. Mm -hmm. yeah, so they were, they were all made. Oh, wow. And the hats, uh, especially like the hats that were stacked on his head. Yeah. And that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I did two sets of those because those hats take uh, well over a week to make because you have to do it step by step and you, the buckram you have to wet to make the shape and then you have to let it dry. And sometimes it can take three days for it to dry and then you have to cover it with the fabric and all this. So, anyway. Um, the ride had been open two, three months, and they had a fire. And three no of the fire. figures burned. Yeah. And it was in the fire scene of all places. <laughs> um, and the two drunks that were hanging on the lamppost, um, it was the most gruesome thing you ever saw for science fiction. It was wild. Because... Uh, there were these glass eyes and there was this melted uh, skin around them. And then they, um, instead of bones, there were metal tubes. And then uh, instead of blood vessels, there were different colored wires running through and everything was all melted. And, oh, it was, it was just gruesome. So um, anyway, um, Dick Irvine, who was head of wet at the time, he came running out to me and he said, Alice, he said, how long will it take to get the costumes made and that? Because we can't open the show again until we get the costumes. And I said, well, if you have somebody bring the fishing pole over and give me a half hour to put the hats on, you can have everything. And I showed him the, the second set of costumes. He didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But from that time on, there were three costumes for oh, each figure. Yeah. With the pirate ride, was it difficult as far as how detailed you need to be with murder? Well, I think pirates were just a fun idea, you know. And, uh, you know, really, the truth about pirates uh, is this strange story because um, actually there were more pirates who uh, did not die in battles at sea and so on, but died 
of venereal diseases from in body houses. So they really did go chasing. No, that really sure. Young sure they so, did. So this was the real true story, but not, you know, I didn't point that yeah. out. Sure, yeah. sure. sure. But uh, no, obviously. So, you know. A girlfriend oh, in report? Yeah. Yeah, well, this was, you know. Well, was, were these American or were these Spanish parents or? Well, uh, or what was based yeah, on? This was the Caribbean. They, they were, oh, yeah. uh, most pirates were, uh, a lot of them were British. The uh, thing was that uh, uh, most of them were mistreated British sailors. And uh, whenever they got a chance, they jumped ship. So really, the costumes that uh, a lot of these guys were wearing should have been half British sailor clothes. And in some drawings, I did do this with the sailor pants and that kind of stuff. But then to use, you know, the hats of the time, they, they might have stolen from somebody that they killed over. <laughs> Did whatever. <laughs> do you remember this particular scene? Anything? Oh, yeah. Why? No, uh, well, well, I, just, no I just thought it'd be funny to have this guy drunk and he's lying there in this pig bed with these pigs and he's drinking and the pigs have been drinking with him and they're all soused. You know? yeah. And I thought that would be a funny scene. Yeah. And then right to the left of this is a guy with his leg hanging over yeah. this bear. And with him is a, uh, a parrot and uh, so on. They always get a laugh out of that uh, bare leg with a hair on it. As far as any caricatures of people in the attraction, are there any that are from people who worked on it or anything like that? Not really. There's one, one character in the, uh, it's down near the end of the ride. Whether they're in jail, they're trying to get the key from the dog. And the guy in the middle is uh, was the janitor at uh, what we called Wed at that time. Mm. Oh, really? I wanted to ask you about um, America Sings. Mm -hmm. That was the last show I did. Oh, was it? This America Sings was taking periods, you know, four different periods of American music and. Uh, taking ideas, you know, that would, would work. And the strange thing, I don't know if say it's funny or not, but uh, Albertino, who worked with me on story ideas and so on, fell down the rabbit hole the day we were showing the thing to the press. Oh, no. Down there, killed himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh God. How far back did that get started, or how did you get well, involved um, in that one? You know, I had worked on the original uh, show, you know, for the New Post Fair. Uh, Carousel uh, Progress? Carousel yeah. Progress. Yeah. Yeah, I worked on that oh. and uh, um, did some of the ideas and some of the putting it together. And Alice worked on some of the costumes, dressing the characters. And, and uh, Card Walker came to me. That anyway, the thing that why. Uh, the Carousel of Progress, which was here, in, you know, mm -hmm. the general director yeah, decided to get rid of it, mm -hmm. was that too much repeat business here. 
like in Florida, still in Florida, because uh, they get, well, this is, you know, they go there once and that's it, you know. But here, they go over and over again. Oh, they've seen this, they don't. So they didn't figure it was any of any value. So Card Walker came to me and said, you know, I want to do something in there. And so I kind of think it was pretty much me that came up with the idea of uh, doing this thing, kind of a history of American music, you know, say America sings, you know. So, uh, as I say, I took this early, early period of music, you know, and then tried to figure out how to make them entertaining. Yeah. I think doing them with animals was fun, mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, the next section was a Western thing, you know, um, and each one started with these drunken ducks over on the left-hand side, yeah. drinking whatever they would drink at that period of time. Now, they were all barbershop quartets, oh, yeah. I guess, right, throughout, right, which right. I like. Yeah, and they were all bums, you know. <laughs> and I enjoyed doing those. Now, um, those were scenes that were fun to do, yeah. and I think people enjoyed them. And uh, anyway, then the, the third area was kind of the gay 90s, and then the last one was right up to the rock and roll yeah. present, you know and uh, with the motorcycles and mm -hmm. all this. And, and that was kind of fun to do. And I, I thought it was a pretty darn good show. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.